My guest at this time is Kevin Malone. He's a longtime Major League Baseball executive, but he's also president of the board at the U.S. Institute Against Human Trafficking. As the media focus on who has been caught in a prostitution and sex trafficking ring in Florida, a bigger concern for Mr. Malone and others is how prevalent sex trafficking is every day around us. So is there a way to quantify the size of the problem in our country? What can we do to be on the lookout for it where we live? And how do we keep our loved ones safe from this menace as well? We'll get into all of that in the next few minutes. And Kevin, thanks so much for being with us. Greg, thanks for having me on your show. I've seen more than a few people say since the the news about Robert Kraft uh, broke on Friday that while the story might be salacious, it really shouldn't be anybody's business what two consenting adults are doing. And I know one of your messages in light of a story like this is that one of those people may not have had much of a choice in the matter. Explain what you think some people might be missing in all this, specifically as it relates to how human trafficking might factor into this story. Right. Well, anyone that says they're two consenting adults uh, is truly an idiot and doesn't understand, especially in this particular case with Robert Kraft, the women that at these massage parlors were there against their will. They were actually sex slaves being sold out of the massage parlor. So I would beg to differ with anybody that says that those women were there by choice at their free will because they weren't. And that's a big misconception in America is that most people that are, uh, are, are women, boys or girls that do this, they do it. Uh, it's their choice, which is, which is totally wrong. First of all, any, any, any child that's 17 or under, they can't, uh, they, there is no such thing as, as, as prostitution for a child. They can't consent until you're an adult. And then I would even say beyond that, adults that are still involved in either what people would call prostitution or sex trafficking are there against their will. They're being forced or coerced. They're not, they're not there by choice. There maybe is a small percentage uh, of, of women uh, that are involved in the sex industry that are doing it uh, at their choice. But I would even say, Greg, that they're victims, that they were probably trafficked or sold as minors and they stayed in the life, they stayed in the business because they had no job skills other than what they were doing and no education. So they were limited. They had no options. So they're a victim of, of our society's lack of care for, uh, for people that are exposed and being forced into this industry. So that's a big problem is, is that it's not a victimless crime. There's victims involved. I would even venture to say, Greg, as we're talking, that – there are victims associated with Robert Kraft now, men that purchased to buy sex. There are victims that are associated with the, the perpetrator, with the guy purchasing sex. Uh, and that might be a wife. Yeah, Robert Kraft doesn't have a wife. It could be his kids. It could be the New England Patriots. So there's always consequences for your actions. And it goes to show with a Robert Kraft, a guy that's reportedly worth $6.6 billion, that money doesn't equate to being wise and to making good decisions all the time. This was a terrible decision uh, to purchase sex, to go to this massage parlor, and I don't see how any way anybody can justify it. Now, I feel disappointed and sad for Robert Kraft because my understanding is he's a good guy, he does a lot of good things, and he's a good, and he's a philanthropist, he helps a lot of people, but 
he wasn't helping anybody but himself in this situation. And it goes to show that you need to be a lot smarter and wiser when it comes to being involved with those in the sex industry. Uh, Kevin, uh, when people think about sex trafficking and prostitution, they think of street corners and, and maybe massage parlors. But how else does it invade and pervade our communities? Greg, that's a great question. So what we know now is approximately 70% of sex trafficking uh, is online. So we have these websites where people can go to purchase sex, to line up their dates, quote-unquote dates, so to speak, their sex dates. So a lot of it's done online. Social media, there's different aspects of social media. So my suggestion is to all your listeners especially if you have children, there are predators out there looking to prey on, on kids, on vulnerable women, uh, at-risk uh, folks that, that maybe uh, for some reason they have found that they're vulnerable. And I would say that be careful uh, for parents to be very careful when it comes to what they allow their, their kids to look at, to be on, online socially, to be involved in different games, different uh different aspects say instagram facebook the predators are all over the social media so they need to know who their who their kids are communicating with that's a that's a big challenge we got right now we work closely our organization united states institute against human trafficking with law enforcement and we're seeing various ways that these predators are searching and targeting kids and women uh you know, online through social media. So that's, that's a that's a big problem. That's fascinating because I think most people, if they're even thinking about this at all, think, oh, it's uh, my kids get separated from me at the mall or, or some situation like that. And, and people just grab these kids without them being noticed. And that could potentially be a problem too. But what you're telling us is that yes. it's the online threat that's the biggest one of all. Yes, sir, Greg, that's correct. You made a good point. Now we do have there's a couple different styles that these traffickers or pimps or what I would call slave holders. They go to these malls and they look for vulnerable uh, young people to, tra- to target. And, and they will sometimes they will abduct them. I mean, that happens, but that's not uh, usually what's done. Usually what's done is the Romeo style where they, they, they create a relationship with a young person and they kind of build this relationship all the while they're grooming them, pretending to be their boyfriend or an older friend that just wants to help them uh, in certain ways. And then what they do after they groom them a certain amount of time, then they'll, 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 they'll have sex with that, with that person. And then they'll say, well, if you love me uh, to this girl or boy, you'll have sex with my friends. And then eventually we need to pay the rent or we can't afford the car payment, or we need groceries, you need to have sex with all these other people. So it's, uh, it, these predators are sophisticated in many instances and cases, and we as a society, we need to do something about it, Greg. I think the problem is demand. I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of men that are paying to rape children. It's, it's, it's a fact, and no one seems to be outraged about it or concerned about it. Now, if you have grandkids, uh, children or grandchildren or, or nieces and nephews, you need to look into these things and figure out ways to protect your family uh, or your friends, loved ones, uh, children. So we have a huge problem in America. And everyone says, Greg, that this 
only is happening, you know, internationally in Thailand or or India or the Philippines. No, it's happening on a large scale here, and it's growing. Because I can sell you a gun one time or a drug one time, but I can sell you a kid 10, 15, 20 times a day, and it's very profitable. So it's a growing problem in America, and we need to wake up. Just today on my morning commute, Kevin, I heard an ad or maybe it was a news story about how hotel managers and hotel employees were going to seminars, learning how to spot the signs for human trafficking and sex trafficking and so forth. Uh, so what are the keys to spotting it? I guess there's those examples, but also online and other ways as well. What are the telltale signs? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the first telltale sign is a, is a young person. Uh, maybe a teenager, even younger, with an older man. That's usually a telltale sign that, I mean, it could be an, a dad, it could be an uncle or a grandfather, but you can just kind of watch. Do, do, does this this kid, this girl or boy, does do they make eye contact? Do they look like, do they have access to a phone? Are they allowed to venture away from this adult? Uh, do how How are they behaving? Are they withdrawn uh, are they are they communicating with other adults that they're around or or what is their behavior i think you can be suspicious when it when it looks like a child is kind of controlled by a, an older person an older adult uh that seems to be under control that that's just a, a way when you're out out and about but you know you can watch how they treat them uh how they talk to them uh where they're taking them where are they at so there's just some, some, some indicators that I think just people just need to be aware. I think it's kind of it's pretty simple in many ways, Greg. It, it, if it looks weird or seems strange or odd or peculiar, then it probably is. So I'd rather err on the side of, of someone wondering and questioning or reporting uh, what looks like it could be a potential problem situation rather than just saying, oh, I guess that's their dad or their grandfather. In many instances now, it might be, not, it might, be it might not be. So take, take the chance, take the risk of, of maybe reporting that or even asking the guy, well, who is that? Is that your, is that your granddaughter? Is that your, is that your niece? I, I mean, really, people have to be engaged. People have to be concerned about their fellow man, especially for children. So there's different ways that uh, you can, can get involved and there's different things that you can spot and identify. Kevin, unfortunately, we're out of time. Where can folks learn more about this problem? Please go to our website. It's the United States Institute Against Human Trafficking, and it's usiaht.org, usiaht.org. Appreciate the time, Greg. Thank you for making your listeners aware of this problem. It's growing, and I would just encourage everyone to learn more about it and get involved because everyone can do something they all have everyone has a sphere of influence and let's let's be difference makers in, in our society usiaht.org that stands for the u.s institute against human trafficking the president of the board is kevin malone kevin thanks for your time today thank you greg have a great one i'm greg Columbus reporting for radio america